Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Welcome, friends. How are we? All right. All right. It is good to be together here in this room. And those of you that are worshiping with us online, we are in week one of fighting for, fighting for, my name is Jeannie Stevens. And I'm Jarrett, uh, we are the lead pastors of Soul City Church. And again, we want to welcome those of you who are here in our COVID safe room. Give yourselves a hand. It's good to see you all. Oh, it's so good to see you. Some of y'all we haven't seen for over a year. It's good to see you. For those of us who are actually worshiping online right now, literally around the world, we're so glad that you've taken out this time to connect with God and to partner with God in your journey of, of transformation. In fact, we, I love this every week. If you're a part of our global church right now, take a second in the comment section and shout out where you're at. You get to rep your hood, your city, your state, your county, your country, whatever it is. Just let us know where you're at so we can all know where we're coming from together. That's right. As Jarrett mentioned, uh, we are the lead pastors of this church. We've been the lead pastors uh, the whole time it's been a church yeah, since, it was in our, since it was in our living room. Um, but for this series, one of the things we want you to know about us uh, is that we don't just co-lead this church. We are married. And this summer, we're going to celebrate 25 years top, of top, marriage. Gene. That's a long 25 time. 25 years of marriage. What's weird about the fact that we're celebrating 25 years of marriage is that We've been together before many of you were born. This is um, true. It's weird. So that's just, that's very strange. Doesn't sit well yes, with me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've been through a lot of seasons together. I mean, we started, we dated for almost yep. three years together, and uh, we brought along a few picks from our relationship over low these many years. Uh, yeah, you will know this right away. Jeannie is timeless. I think she's part vampire. I don't know exactly how it works, but she <laughs> always looks great. I'm in apparently my dad's pants in this picture. I don't know exactly... And that hair is... You're considering growing out your hair again? I was doing uh, Timberlake's hair before he ever even knew yes, how to do you were. it. Um, yes, you were. Yes, you were. We got married uh, in, uh, not far from here, actually, out yep. in Wheaton. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't get married in this field, but it sure does. Uh, I had just gotten my driver's permit right before uh, we got married. <laughs> no, that's not true. We just look so young in these pictures. And we've walked through so many different seasons, a lot of different uh, fashion choices. Again, you've always been timeless, but I've had... Seasons. Not one of our better moments. No, this is like my baggy look and the puka shell necklace, which I rocked for a solid 15 years. Yes, yes, yes. Way past its prime. And the truth about any relationship, whether you are friends or your roommates or your parents or you're married, relationships go through seasons, don't they? They go through seasons. And as each of you changes, as life changes, as new defining realities come your way, your relationship changes, doesn't it? It's just true about relationships. And I think we all need to just kind of pause for a moment and acknowledge the season that we just all walked through together this last year, specifically how this season has affected your relationships. Y'all, we have been through something together, haven't we? We have been through it together, and for some of us, it has meant that, that we haven't been able to, to be with 
the relationships that matter most to us, or at least we haven't been able to be with one another the way that we used to be with one another. For others, it's meant that we've spent a lot more time, <laughs> a, lot time. <laughs> a lot more time together, right? Maybe with your roommate or, or with your partner or, or with kids, like, like more time than you've ever spent with each other. And that has probably created some new dynamics. And some relationships have experienced a strengthening, mm -hmm. and other relationships have experienced a strain. Mm -hmm. And we want you to know, as the pastors of this church, we long to see your relationships transformed. Yeah. We long to see you experience transformational relationships. We believe that it's God's heart for you to thrive in your relationships. And, and so for the next three weeks, we want to do whatever we can, whatever we can as a church to help you win at your relationships. Mm -hmm. All of your relationships, whether you are married, whether you're dating, whether you're single, whether you need help in a friendship, we want to help the relationships of this church thrive. Yeah. And you know, so many people ha have noted that this past season, one of the relationships that has really struggled during COVID is marriages. Mm -hmm. Marriages have, have really struggled. Couples have really struggled through this season. And so one of the things that we want to do is we've created actually a COVID-safe marriage retreat at Soul City. It's going to be April 30th through May 1st. We're so excited about this. In the last 10 years as a church, we've never, never done, done a marriage retreat. And, and we just said one of the ways we want to invest in the relationships in the marriages of this church is we want to offer a marriage retreat so that we can all navigate how to grow our relationships the way Jesus invites us to. Yeah, all the information for that is on yep. the website if people want to register. It's going to be an incredible time. My hunch is it's going to fill up pretty quick. Uh, you know, one of the things, all the seasons that you and I have walked through, lots of different seasons uh, together, there, has been, there have been a few things that have been constant or have been consistent throughout our relationship. And one of the things that's been consistent for us, and maybe for those of you who've been in a relationship for a while, you know this to be true, is that uh, we fight. <laughs> like, this is true. It, yeah, that's like, and, and you're gonna fight, and that's just true of, of any real relationships. Real relationships actually fight. Now, it should be said, we love the fight. We're really good at fighting. I think Jeannie's the undisputed champ when it comes to fighting. She usually wins. We all have our gifts. Yeah, we all have our gifts. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you were taught as a kid, maybe, or you picked up somewhere along the way that, it, that fighting in a relationship is bad. Like, if you're fighting, that's a sign that things are in a really bad place. But we, we just believe that good relationships, healthy relationships, and we would even contend God-honoring uh, relationships actually uh, fight. And I know that there's a lot of people that don't like, believe that. Like, have you ever met one of those couples that says that they never fight? You ever come across someone like that? They're like, I don't know what it is. We just never fight. <laughs> I don't know. We just don't argue. We just agree about everything. I, I want to fight those people. Yes. I, I want to be really clear. <laughs> I want to fight those people <laughs> because the truth is for our relationship is we fight and in, in, in friendships and dating relationships, marriage, you actually, you should be fighting. Fighting is actually a, a good thing. And we would probably contend that fighting is a foundational thing for any relationship to be healthy and, and God honoring, but it's a different kind of fighting than maybe you might think. So the spiritual shift that we want to talk about over these next couple of weeks, and we want to unpack for a little bit today is how do you make that shift from fighting with 
to actually fighting for something? Yeah. How do you make that shift from fighting with someone, which I think we're all pretty good at, to fighting for something in a relationship? Yeah, and you know, this is a big big shift in any mm. relationship. There's a big difference, actually, between fighting with and fighting for. I think that we're all kind of familiar with what it feels like to fight with. We've all had a fight with someone that maybe we know, we love, we care about, and that fighting with, it's kind of the fighting that none of us like, yeah. right? That feeling of, oh, this doesn't feel good. And for those of you who are dating or married, it should come as no surprise. It should come as no surprise that the top things that couples fight with one another about are pretty common across pretty the board. Yeah. It's pretty consistent. In fact, actually, uh, the, the number of studies that have found this to be true is startling. In fact, it says that most couples, what they fight about is money. Mm -hmm. They fight about housework. Mm -hmm. They fight about free time, mm -hmm. physical intimacy, an extended family. <laughs> Sounds about right. Raise your hand in this room, or if you're watching online, if you have ever fought about any of those can, things. Can I yeah. raise five hands for five? If you we have fought, five we hands, fought about you all can those raise things. all five of them. Yes, yes it, it's just these are things that we naturally tend to fight about. What's so interesting, according to Dr. John Gottman, he says that the number one thing that couples fight about is nothing. It's true. That the number, somebody just gave me an amen mm -hmm, on that, yep. Mm -hmm. That the number one thing that we tend to fight about is nothing. actually nothing. And so often, so often we don't even know what we're really fighting about. And I think that's why so many of us actually fear fighting. Mm -hmm. Because we don't really know what we're fighting about. And we're fighting with one another, and it doesn't feel good. And that's because we're not fighting for something in our relationships. Yeah, let's unpack this a little bit more. Because God knows this to be, God knows you and I far better than we know ourselves and know each other. And God knows this to be true about, about me and about you and about our relationships, is that we're always at some level fixing for a fight. We just know how to, to fight with others. And so what I want you to do is actually grab a Bible and open to James chapter 4. If you have a Bible with you, awesome. Use that. If you have one at home, you can do that. Or if you want to open up your phone or open up a tab uh, to James chapter 4, you can do that. I want to show you what I mean. Like, this is not just our idea. We didn't come up with this. This is something God already knows to be true about me and you. And uh, James is one of the most spiritually practical writers. Of the, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible because it's like so spiritually rooted and yet so practical for everyday life, so honest. And uh, James doesn't pull any punches, to use uh, um, a dad joke for uh, this teaching series. He doesn't pull any punches. He just says it like it is. And I think uh, in James 4 verse 1, we get to see why it is that we end up fighting with uh, so often. This is what uh, James says. He says, what causes fights and quarrels. I mean, who even says the word quarrel, right? We'd say argument, disagreement, right? But what causes those fights with each other? Look what he says. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Isn't that where it really actually comes from? When you're fighting with someone else, it usually, what, what James is saying here, and I, I think what the Holy Spirit wants us to pay attention to, is it's, it's not about what's going on over here. Like when Gene and I get into a fight, that's the first thing I look at. It's like, oh, you did this, or you didn't do this, or you said this, or you didn't say this. I'm looking over here. And what, what Holy Spirit wants you and I to pay attention to in our lives and in our relationships 
It's what Jesus was actually getting at in Matthew chapter 7 when he gave us that illustration of the speck and the log. Have you heard that teaching where you know, we, we focus on a little speck, a little thing in someone else, but we're blind to, we ignore the log in our own eye? That's what James is saying here. So often what happens when we get into fights is that we're looking over there when the Holy Spirit is inviting us to look over here, more specifically in here, to what's going on in us. And then James goes in for the one-two punch in verse two. He says this. He says, Your, you desire inside. You have these desires, but you don't get what you want. That's basically saying you desire, but you don't have. You, you, you want what you don't have. And so he uses very extreme language. So you kill. And in some circumstances, that is real. But I think more what we can apply to our everyday relationships is that we, we kill parts of our relationship. We kill yeah. trust. Yeah. We kill intimacy. Mm-hmm. We kill connection. We, we sever those things off. He says that you covet or you want, you desire so bad, but, but you can't get it. You don't have it. So what do you do? You quarrel. You fight. You look over there. And he goes on to say, you do not have because you do not ask God. Here's what you're lacking, what it is that you really want inside. You didn't ever think to ask God about it. You just thought to blame someone else about it. Mm. And he goes on to say, like, even when you do ask, when you do bring God into it, you don't receive because you're asking with wrong motives, that you would just spend what you get on your own pleasures. What James is getting at here is really what's, I think, the source of so much of our relational tension and, and turmoil. So often when we find ourselves in a fight, it's, it's not just about them. It's not just about Jeannie. It's not just about that person. Often what's going on is what's inside us, and we are so blind to actually seeing that because we're just so ready to, we're so familiar to fighting with someone. Like quick case in point, like for this happened this last week. So talk about having desires inside and not naming them, not bringing them to the surface. Um, uh, we, we had had a very full week the last couple weeks, and we had moved, and we were setting up our new place. It's a temporary place that we're living until our actual place is ready, blah, 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 long story. And I just wanted some, I wanted some me time. I was like, you know what? I've had enough of y'all. I just need some time for me. And one of the things that I love to do when I'm by, like when I get some me time, is I, all I wanted to do, I don't know why, but I had this strong desire to wash the car. I just wanted to wash the car. I just wanted to clean our car because it, our car felt like what our life felt like. It was out of control. <laughs> it was a mess. And I wanted to bring some order to it. And so I kind of, I know I was saying to you, like, all I wanted to do was wash the car is the most dad thing I've ever said. Just, okay, don't yuck my yum. It's something that I, it's therapeutic to yuck me. Yuck my yum. Don't Takes yuck my yum. Yeah. It's, I love washing the car and having a good clean car. That's very important to me. It's therapeutic. So we just moved. We had tons of stuff uh, to do. And I was halfway through cleaning the car. I cleaned out the interior. And Jeannie came out with her own list that she was working through. And there was a bunch of trash in the, the garage. And Jeannie said, hey, I want you, can you take the trash down to the trash cans? Now, I should say the temporary housing we're living at, there's not just trash cans right there. You have to drive down this little road to drop them off at the trash cans where the truck picks them up. And I had just cleaned the inside of the car. And I thought, how, how dare you? Like, what an unholy request that you've made. First of all, this is supposed to be me time. Second of all, it's not trash time right now. And I just saw, because I had this desire in me, I don't even think I named you, I just kind of disappeared and went and started washing the car and you were doing your thing, you had your priorities, I had mine. And like, truth be told, I took the trash out. Right? I was like, fine, I'll take the trash but I made her pay for it for like an hour with my attitude and, and, and what was going on. See, lots of times... What's happening, what James is unpacking at, and what we want to really focus on is that we have, 
We're carrying around, all of us are carrying around these unnamed and therefore unmet desires. We have these things that we haven't even fully explored going on inside of us, but then we expect someone else to be able to know what they are and then meet them perfectly. We have things that we want and we're not getting them or you're not giving it to me. And so whether passive aggressively or, or aggressive aggressively, we then end up fighting, which we did for a little bit until we kind of got my head around what was really going on here. And even when we do decide, like James is saying, when we do decide to bring God in, isn't it so funny lots of times when there's a fight in a relationship and we pray about it and you actually pray about it, just be honest, lots of times what you're praying for is that God would fix them. <laughs> just be honest. Like, God, just help them see how wrong they are and how right I am, Lord. Or we pray for the relationship. Just heal, just fix this relationship. Rather than saying, God, reveal what's going on in me. Is there some unnamed, unmet desire, this thing that I want that only ultimately you can satisfy? God, will you help me see what that is? Will you reveal it to me? Will you heal this in me? Without that, I think what's going to end up happening is we're always going to default to fighting with rather than fighting for healthier, life-giving, God-honoring relationships. Yeah, and you see, the truth is we're going to fight, right? We all fight in one way or another. But just because we all fight, it doesn't mean that we fight the same way. That's true. In fact, each of us has our own unique fighting style. When we're fighting with someone else, we've got our own style. Not only do we rarely fight fair, but we also rarely fight the same way. There, there's so many different fighting styles, but the ones that we want to actually look at and find ourselves in this weekend can be summed up in three different fighting styles. In fact, if you're taking notes, you might want to write these down and have a conversation about this later today. We, we want to give you three different styles, okay? The first is the lightning legs, the low blows, and then the laydown, okay? So, so here's what we mean by these different unique fighting styles, okay? And I want you to figure out which one you might be. The first is lightning legs, okay? You've seen somebody like this, right? They keep moving to avoid the conflict. They use distraction or they use distance so that they can just avoid any disruption in the relationship. Ultimately, a person with lightning legs, they have a fear of conflict. And so they hope that by continuing just to, to move around and to avoid, that that can keep them from having to connect on that deeper thing. Maybe that's your style, lightning legs. Jeannie, I noticed that excellent description, by the way. I noticed when you were describing that and you asked people to think about what their fighting styles, I saw several couples elbowing each other and pointing at each other. So to be clear, this is about us determining our fighting style, not... This is correct. Okay, this I just want to... Because I don't know if they got that part, but I saw a lot of people elbowing and pointing. Uh, let the Holy Spirit do that work. This is about you identifying your fighting style. <laughs> so Jeannie just talked about lightning legs. The other one that she mentioned is low blow. What's a low blow fighting style? Low blow fighters come out swinging. I mean, they just come out, it, it, they go big fast. You know that phrase, well, that escalated quickly? They invented that. It's talking <laughs> about them. And so lots of times low blow fighters just can use extreme language or volume or gestures. Everything gets real big, real quick. They're they are like before the bell even rings, they're already ready to go. Because lots of times with low blow fighting style, what's really going on is that person fears being wrong. And ultimately what they fear is being out of control. Yeah. 
So they go big and they hit hard when they fight. Yeah, and then the last style that we want to look at today are the fighters that just kind of, they lay down, right? <laughs> and instead of engaging, they just, they give in and they give up at the first sign of conflict. Oftentimes you can recognize a, a lay down fighting style because there's somebody that says, I'm sorry, all the time. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I, will you forgive me for that? Oh, gosh, I am, I'm so sorry. And they use an apology to almost appease and avoid disconnection. And, and, and somebody that has a lay down fighting style, ultimately they fear anger. They fear the power that, that might be directed at them. Perhaps this is how you like to fight. Yeah, again, these are, can we just keep these up on the screen for a second? These are just a summary. Of, uh, there's lots of different fighting styles. And as we were preparing and studying and getting ready for this teaching series, I mean, there's so much more we could say. Uh, but we wanted to just kind of bring it into just a, a couple for you to identify with, again, what yours is. Don't worry about what theirs is right now, but what yours is. And so we're going to, like, you came all the way to church. Let's just be honest. You have to vote in this next one. So we're going to walk through these three, and I'm going to have you raise your hand for which one you think is most like you. And I know some of you are like, you know what, that's just not really me. I'm, you're not that special today. Like all of us, like I appreciate, I see you, but just pick one. That's all we're asking you to do is pick one that's most like you. And if you're worshiping with us online, just type in the comment section. Type out which one you think you are. So just raise your hand or put in the comment section if you're more of a lightning legs kind of person. You avoid conflict. Raise it high. Like you don't even want to think about it. You get away from it. Okay. Okay, awesome. Any low blow fighters? Raise your hand. Yes, we had a lot at the last gathering. Gina, okay, wow. I'm ready. She kicks. I'm ready too. at all times. She kicks. Uh, all right, any lay down? Like you just are like, it's like, okay, whatever. I don't want to fight. Whatever it needs, whatever you take. Yep, a lot of that for us. I, I'm more of a, and Jeannie knows this, obviously. She's known this since we met. I'm more of a lightning legs kind of guy. Like I am quick on my feet. I was just doing it right before we came up here. We were talking about something and I use lots of times humor to distract and deflect so that we don't have to get into a conflict. Um, because I, I grew up in a family where I was, I just came to believe that if we're fighting, then something's wrong. If we're fighting, then something's wrong. And so I try and, I like, I try and end fights before I even know what we're fighting about. So I'm kind of more of a lightning legs, keep on moving. How about you? Yeah, and I'm way more of a low blow kind Amen. of Amen. person. Amen. Um, Amen. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I am a verbal processor. Uh, I don't like holding things in at all. In fact, part of my low blow style shows up actually as a way to seek connection and intimacy. I, I, I start to fight to connect. The problem is, is that the other person just doesn't know that. Yeah, it, and, and it doesn't so feel it, that way. It doesn't way. feel, it doesn't feel, feel that, that way always. It just feels honest. like I'm throwing low punches. Yeah. But ultimately in my heart, what I want is to connect. And we all have different fighting styles. And while these are just a summary, it's incredibly important to understand what is your fighting style. It can actually really change your relationship. In fact, so many of our fights, I believe they could be diffused simply by understanding our unique style of fighting and the other person's style of fighting. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the book Love Languages. Has anyone here ever heard about or read the book Love Languages? Yeah, this is like your fighting languages. You know, it's kind of like the opposite side of that because we all have our own unique way of doing this. And it's so helpful uh, to know what yours is or your friend or your partner or your spouse's is. It's incredibly, incredibly important. But 
Just knowing how you tend to fight with someone doesn't mean that you're actually going to then make that spiritual shift we were talking about where you start fighting for something together. Because those are fighting styles of how we fight with each other. But again, what we want to talk about is how you fight for something in your relationship. And so what we actually want you to do is if you got your pen out and you got things to write down with, um, I, I, we want to offer you a pretty simple little framework. It's like incredibly simple, in fact, framework to help you win in your relationship. Specifically, we want to help you win at fighting. Yeah. Like we want to do whatever we can do to help you win every fight. And to win every fight, uh, this is something that Jean and I have been actually using for years now, certainly not master level at it at all, but this little framework has been immensely helpful for us because when we get off track with each other, which we do, like that's just bound to happen, this gives us a way to come back. Mm. This gives us a way to shift. This gives us a way to come back to connection with each other. This gives us a way to actually win instead of just fighting with each other. And this little framework that anyone can use in any relationship is just two simple questions. Just two simple questions for, again, any relationship. And the questions are this. It's what do we want and what are we willing to do? That's it. Two very simple questions. You've probably heard Gene and I use this language before. What do we want, and I'll unpack that in a second, and what are we willing to do? Now, what do I mean by what do we want? What do we want is actually a shared value. It's something that you would both agree upon, whatever kind of relationship it is. Hey, this is actually what we really want for our relationship. We have said before, or maybe we said in our vows many years ago, or we said when we started this friendship, we want to be about this. That's a shared value that you can both agree on. You may see a lot of things differently, but we agree on this. And then that idea of what are we willing to do, that's shared commitment. That means that the burden for our relationship doesn't rest all on one person. We're both going to show up being willing to do whatever it takes for this. This is how we make a shift from fighting with to fighting for. And just imagine for a second what that would look like in your friendships or in your dating relationships or your, or your marriage or your parenting if you actually could come to a place where you got together and say, hey, what are some of the things that we really like agree on, we really want for this relationship? Mm-hmm. Okay, now what are we willing, what are we both willing to do to see that actually come so we can experience a win together as a friend or as a couple or as parents. Because I think what, what happens is that we so rarely get to that level in our relationships because I think so often uh, in our relationships, especially the ones that matter most to us, I don't know why this is, I found this to be true of me, is that we don't even know what it is we're fighting for. Yeah. We don't even know, like, what is this relationship really, what are we for? And so what this does is it helps you kind of have a little framework, a way to kind of bring those things together and to bring the two of you together. Yeah, and we want to show you what it actually looks like in a relationship. Uh, There's a lot of things that Jarrett and I have shared values in, things that we long to be true of our relationship. And and at any given moment in our relationship, we're working on one of those values. One of the values that we are fighting for in our relationship right now is we long to have greater intimacy in our marriage. It's something that we long to be true, Mm -hmm. both of us in our marriage. And we've shared with you before that our tendency, our go-to as a couple, is to be highly 
productive. Uh, we are a highly productive couple, we're highly productive individuals, and at times we can almost default to just being business partners instead of intimate lovers. And so instead of fighting with one another about whose fault it is that, that we didn't prioritize our intimacy in our relationship, what we choose to do is we instead say, what is it that we yeah. want? Yeah. We want greater intimacy in our relationship. We both want this. We want to fight for this. So what are we willing to do? We're willing to fight for a weekly date night, and here this is really specific, and to not bringing tech into our bed. You see, we know, we know that it takes each of Mm -hmm. us pursuing one another and naming our desires. And when we slip, when one of us slips, when both of us slip, when we miss, which we both can do, we can come back to what is it that we really want. Instead of blaming one another, instead of fighting each other, we get to say, I'm going to take radical responsibility. You're going to take radical responsibility, and we're going to choose in this now moment to shift. We're going to fight for something instead of fighting with one another. And we're going to fight for intimacy in our relationship. This is something that literally just yesterday, fresh. just yesterday, we had a conversation about this. Because both of us on our nightstands, that's where we charge our phones, that's where we charge our watches, and both of us realized we had gotten really sloppy with bringing tech into our bed. It's just as a way to kind of, you know, drown out and to numb out, you know, to kind of someone's on their phone. And yet that is a space where we want to connect and be with one another. And so just yesterday, we had to make the decision, are we both willing, if we're both fighting for intimacy in this relationship, are we willing to move where the phones get charged each night? That was a practical thing for us to say, this isn't fighting against one another. We're we're not fighting with one another. We're both fighting for intimacy in our marriage. And one of the things that we're willing to do is move the phones across the room. Yeah, even on date night, like during this last year, it's gotten a little weird, right? So sometimes date night has been date day, and we'll go for a walk together, or we'll go for a breakfast together, like, because we both agree that it's not on one of us, that's on both of us. And so that, do you get how it works? So we start with a shared value, and then you get incredibly specific with what the shared commitment actually is. What are we willing to do? Not just me, not just you, what are we willing to do? So let's, I'll give you another example real quick. Think of a friendship, maybe, that really matters to you. Maybe there's a friendship that you have that you really long to go deeper. You want to see this like, this like one of those life-giving kind of friendships. And so the two of you would have a conversation and say, hey, what is it that our relationship is really about? What is it that we're really fighting for? What do we want out of this relationship? There's a ton of relationships in our life, but what do we want out of this relationship? And what are we actually willing to do about it? So few relationships ever get to this point where you verbalize a vision for your friendship. Like, I want to be about this in our relationship. So you might say, um, in, in a friendship scenario, like if you were to fill this out, use this little framework, what do we want? We want to connect on the real things versus the surface things. How many of y'all know you got plenty of people to talk about surface things with, right? There's no shortage of those people. But with this relationship, we want to talk about the real things. That's not like just the surface things. That's what we really want. So what are we willing to do? Okay, well, we're willing to create consistent time with each other each week. You all can figure out what that actually 
looks like. Like, this has looked different for me with different relationships. There's, I mean, one of the things is my men's small group. Like, that time is set. Like, I know our leaders get on about 30 minutes before the group, and that's when we connect with each other, and then we lead our group. Out of that, we figured out how to do it all on Zoom. That time matters to me. I get up, I show up because I've made a commitment, because that's the kind of relationship I want to have with those men. I think a buddy of mine, Mark, who uh, is a spiritual leader here in Chicago, moved to Florida, and for a, over a year and a half, we had a set time. Every month on the certain Friday, we would carve out time to just connect with each other because we understood some of the burden that each of us was carrying. Incredibly meaningful to me, right? Each of us can actually do this. I've been in, so amazed and inspired to see how so many of you from our church and, and all over the world have figured out this last year with all the challenges, physical challenges that we've all faced, how to stay connected, how to be intentional and meaningful to bring some value and vision to your friendships. That's really what this is all about. So much of the work of connection and relationships is about naming the desire we have for that relationship because it doesn't just happen. Again, we've said it before. No one just drifts into those uh, kind of relationships. Like I think about our own marriage. We said we've been married coming up on on 25 years now. And I can, I mean, I, I, I remember when we made a significant spiritual shift in in our marriage, to, to not just about being together, but about building something uh, together instead of just letting life sort of uh, pull us apart. I can actually uh, take us back specifically to where we were, the season of our life that we were uh, in together. Uh, we had hit one of our biggest walls, one of our deepest valleys that we'd ever faced as a couple. I don't know, you okay with I share this with everyone? Okay, good. You kind of are. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> We, we had, it's a little late at this point, isn't it? Uh, we, we just, we could not see uh, eye to eye. We'd been married for more than 10 years, a little more than 10 years at that point. We had two very, very little kids. Uh, we were living in a new state. We were living down in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. And so we were having to build all new relationships, which is way harder as an adult than they t- ever told you it would be. So we were trying to figure out how to do all of that. We both felt... Uh, career shifts coming, but we couldn't name it. And so our family, like, we're, we were good. Like, we were all together as a family, but uh, we were missing each other. And we'd all each done years' worth of our own individual counseling. We were doing kind of our own individual work, but our, but our relationship wasn't working. Like, we were good business partners, right? But we weren't intimate allies. We weren't intimate lovers and partners in that regard. And when we weren't fighting with each other, we were busy changing diapers or trying to get kids to eat. And then we'd head out the door into different directions. And it wasn't until we eventually had enough courage to say, we need help. Like, we just raised our hand and, like, put up the white flag and said, we need some help. And we ended up in a counselor's office, a member's name, Nathan Shattuck's office, together for the first time in our marriage. And um, because we'd gotten so good at fighting with each other, we just, I, I think we had lost sight of what it was that we were fighting for. And what he, through the work of the Holy Spirit, did in that season for us was give us a vision for our marriage, to give us some language, some shared values, um, you know, that our, our goal wasn't, like for us, staying together wasn't good enough. Like just staying together wasn't good enough. Just raising good kids, that wasn't a big enough vision for us. Just kind of not getting divorced, that wasn't a big enough vision for us. We wanted to have a great marriage. We wanted to have a thriving marriage, one that actually brings glory to God. And, and by God's grace, you know, in that season, we began to, to build something that anyone, one of you who knows us would know is far from perfect, but we began to build it together. Yeah. And we began to fight for our relationship together. 
Because I, I think what we found to be true is we just fundamentally believe that relationships that experience more are the relationships that we fight for. That's right. The relationships that actually experience more of God, experience more transformation, experience more purpose, those are the relationships that are worth fighting for. Those are the ones that we fight for. And so that yeah. made a big shift for us. Yeah, and I, and I think about you know, the passage that we just shared a few moments ago from James. From James and, it, and it said earlier in that passage, there was just this tiny little phrase that James tucked in there that says, you do not have because you do not ask God. You do not have these things in your relationships because you don't ask God. And, you know, just this last week, just this last week, I encountered all kinds of relational realities, all kinds of relational realities. I think about my friends, Justin, Kenzie. They just got engaged this like week. Yesterday. You know, and, and they are yeah. on, yeah, we're celebrating yeah, you guys. Yeah. Front row. Um, Justin's back in his seat. You know, and I just think about Justin and Kenzie, and they're like on the front lines of, of dreaming about and, and hoping for and praying about what can this relationship look like, God? To a phone call that I had with a dear friend. Yeah. Wondering if their marriage is going to make it. And for the first time ever, considering divorce. To families that feel like they're just headed in multiple different directions and no one in the family is on the same page. To, to friendships that are, are broken and there's been misunderstanding and now those friendships are unrestored. I, I think about people that, that don't know how to bring connection and intimacy into a relationship that, that feels dead and dry. To, to people that I, I chatted with this last week that are, are just wondering, God, is there ever going to be someone for me? Yeah. Like, like, who's going to be my person? Yeah. Who am I going to go through this life with? And I know that all of it, and then some, is represented here mm -hmm. in this space. It is here and represented to those that are watching and worshiping with us online right now. And I don't want it to be true of this church that we did not have because we did not ask God. Yeah. I want us to be the kinds of people that come before God. And we have these essential turning points mm -hmm. in our relationships where we come to God in prayer and we say, God, we need your help. We need your help. We, we want to be able to fight for our relationships. And here's what gives me so much hope for us, Soul City. This is what God does for us. Yeah. God fights for us. Mm. God fights for us. He's not a God that accuses. He isn't a God that blames. He fights for us on our behalf. He sent his son, Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything anything that you are needing in your relationships this morning, I just want to ask, would you be willing to fight for that yeah, in prayer? Yeah. Would you be willing to say, I'm going to be somebody that doesn't just fight with, I'm going to fight for. And I'm not going to let it be true of me that I didn't come to God asking for the thing that he says he wants to give to us. And so if there's anything in your life, any relational reality that you have a burden for, or just something that you desire, I'm going to ask you to, to take a stand this morning, to, to stand for the thing that you most want. So I'm going to invite you here in this room, if you want to 
fight for something in your relationship, I'm going to literally ask you to stand right now so that I can pray for you. Those of you that are worshiping with us online, I'm going to invite you to stand wherever you're at. Maybe if you're in your car, don't do that. Um, You know, keep driving. But if you want to fight for something in your relationship, I'm going to invite you to just stand right now. And I want to say to you, I'm standing with you. We are fighting for a relationship that is honoring and glorifying to God. And that's what we want to fight for in this relationship. And so I'm just going to invite you to open up your hands as we pray right now. And, And Jesus, we come before you and we just say thank you that you are the ultimate picture of God fighting for us, that you gave your one and only life to fight for us to have greater intimacy, connection, restoration in our relationship with you. And so, Jesus, we ask that you would help us to build our lives upon your love, to to no longer build our relationships on, on shaky sand, God, but to build our relationships on the firm foundation of your love, to put our trust in you alone, God, because it's in you that we will never be shaken. This is what we have hope in and for. We pray this in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.